Hello, you found us again on Bloomerance. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And today we're going to get into some subjects. I did want to make one correction. Last time I used the name Josh 2.0 in a reference, and the person's name is actually Tosh 2.0. So if any of you were confused by that, I hope that clears it up. We are going to be talking about the Emmys, which just broadcast on Fox, and Edward Snowden, who has just made a reappearance because of his book called Permanent Record, and Justin Trudeau and his previous run-ins with brownface and blackface. So, onward to the Emmys. The Emmys! The Emmys! They were so entertaining! Where is the Microsoft Theater? Oh, it's in oh, downtown, downtown LA? It's in downtown Is LA. it in the LA Live area? You're asking the wrong person. Hmm. I had never heard of a Microsoft N- nor Theater. Nor had I. Ever. So. And I am getting a little tired of corporations having their names on our theaters and sports venues. I'm, I'm glad you. you got that off your Thank chest. Thank you for letting me purge. Okay. Well, something that we talked about on, a, on, I think, our first or second podcast won big time, which is Fleabag. Fleabag won. Fleabag I'm won. Oh, me too. There's not many TV shows I really care about at all. I don't know. It just it's not a medium that draws me in a whole lot, but her show is so deliciously quirky and unusual and honest and unformulaic. Yes. I think that's why I love it. Very true. Now, when she did her speech thanking the um, Academy for the entire series win, she mentioned that there was a character, an actor, Andrew Scott, who played the man who also does not have a name. His name in the series was or he was referred to as the hot priest. The hot priest. I'm not even sure that he was referred to as the hot priest in the series. I think he may have been referred to that by people who found him very hot. Who were describing the series. Yes, but you haven't seen the second season. No, I haven't oh, gone that far. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge mentioned that the inclusion of him as a priest and all of the sort of religious... Yes, that it elevated mm-hmm. the series. Interesting, huh? It elevated that season very much, and it did. Wow. It very much did. So I would encourage you to watch the second season. It is really something... I try to get to it. I, I don't know. I have a short attention span with these series. Now, you don't really have an excuse with Fleabag because there's only six episodes in a series and it's only a half an hour per episode. Okay, I'll go so, on. So it is... I'll uh, go on with that. Now that it's a juggernaut, I feel I must. Well, now that it's been sanctioned by the Academy. Yeah. Everybody I read or heard from expected Julia Louis-Dreyfus to win because A, she had had cancer and B, Veep was off the air during her treatment time. That was when The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel won Best Comedy Series. Right. And yet Fleabag won Best Series and mm-hmm. Phoebe Waller-Bridge won Best Actress and that was not expected at all. And she certainly looked like she didn't expect it. I'm wondering if there's, you would know this, I would not know this. Is there a pattern of newer shows winning more frequently? There is. Because Veep has been around many years, right? Yes. And it was just considered such high quality television that it was hard to beat. But looking at Fleabag, you just have to admit that it is really such a wonderful, wonderfully conceived mm-hmm. piece of ephemera yeah. that it was hard for the voters to ignore it. Right. And it's true that new series do, because Mrs. Maisel was a new right. series, right. and that's I remember when Arrested Development won in its first year. Oh, yeah. And maybe that's a sign that they want to give a new show a bit of a leg up. Maybe. Do you think it's that, um, you mean consciously they like sit and decide, oh, or you think it's just... I don't know it's, if it's the, conscious or unconscious. 
the mindset in general. Yeah, just well, and new things are more interesting. I mean, something new yeah. is something new. Although Modern Family won year after year too. Modern, so, oh, Modern Family, yeah, that's right. So maybe it's consistently inconsistent. I, yeah, I don't know. But I just enjoyed. I I missed the first about hour, mm-hmm. but I so enjoyed the production. It was fast. Everything oh, was the Emmys tonight. Yes. Yeah. All the categories were interesting. No host. No host. Hmm. And that what went, does that say? I think it was an advantage. Yeah. There wasn't all this sort of interstitial bullshit mm-hmm. goes on that's really, it, it's nonsense. And it's right. not interesting to the viewer. Right. It will, be, it will be telling to see what kind of ratings this one gets. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. There's so many TV shows. But I guess there are just a few that seem to repeatedly get nominated for these awards. Yes. So. Well, Ozark is, right. I think, in its second or third season. And with, that was with Jason Bateman. Yeah. Who won. And he yeah. won. And the second lead, her name is Julie or Julia Garner, won Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress. Okay. So they had a little moment. Right. It's just interesting. And I appreciate it because it does give me sort of fuel to go and look at other stuff that I wouldn't necessarily have taken a look at. Oh, right. If I hadn't seen Fleabag, I would flock to it. Right. Oh, now. Right. Because yes. it got all this great Definitely. press. Yes. Yeah. Something, too. Amazon certainly knows how to market and promote oh my these God. shows. It's a, what's that word? Behemoth. Yes. What is a behemoth? That's a gigantic thing, right? You know, I think of it as being like Beowulf. I'm probably <laughs> wrong, but Beowulf is a big old monster. <laughs> A behemoth. We'll have to um, look that up one day. But it is a, it's a big old thing. It's like it's like it's a, like a juggernaut. It's like a big thing that you can't avoid. Yes. Okay. Well, Amazon is just that. And we talked about that as far as the Mrs. Maisel. They did that one day thing. Yes. Yeah. But you, now I'm realizing that is their strength. The programming is there. It's good yes. stuff. But they have a way of making us all know about it yes. and want to watch it. And I think that they mind control. I don't know if Amazon has the same amount of programming that Netflix does mm-hmm. because I rarely go onto Amazon unless there's something like Fleabag that right, I right. want to see. So Fleabag's there, Maisel is there. So right, and better call something... Saul. No, or is that that's on Netflix? AMC. Oh, that's right, but it's not produced by either one of them. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, all I can say is I enjoy the Emmys, and your mileage may vary, but I would encourage <laughs> you to go and watch it on YouTube and just just to see the highlights of it. It really was a grand old show. Yep. We were also going to talk about Edward Snowden, who has a book out called Permanent Record, and he's been making the rounds via video. I saw him on Trevor Noah, and we just watched him on Brian Williams. Right. But he is so remarkably articulate and not defensive about Mm -hmm. his actions. Right. He says, and he seems very authentic when he says that he just wants a fair trial, and he doesn't believe that Mm -hmm. he can get that in the United States. Right. Right. Because he has been condemned under the 1917 Espionage Act, right. which seems to not allow a person's motives to enter into why they did what they did. Right. The facts on the trial are whether they did it or didn't do it. Right. And that would seem to be something that would condemn him. To... I guess so. I thought when he was saying that, that maybe in, in the sentencing phase, the reasons for and against might come into play. But in the decision whether he's guilty or not of 
the right. of the law of breaking that law. There's no there seems to be no nuance in that law and the way yes. it's written. So you're either guilty or not. And going into the decision of whether you're guilty or not, motive is not part of it. And we when we were first talking about whether we would discuss this tonight or not, my question is whether he is still considered a traitor or whether he is a hero. And I, I look at him as quite heroic. He saw something that he believed was unethical and he became a whistleblower mm -hmm. and has really, as he said, set fire to his life. He now right. lives in Russia and is basically condemned to Russia and married his girlfriend, his living girlfriend. But there they are in Moscow. She's over there too? Yes. Oh, well, that's nice. Together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of him. It seems like there's so many outrages going on at the same time that for me, he's kind of just one of many. You know? Yeah? There's, yeah, there's just so much stuff going on in the world that's so bizarre and strange. Does he, I mean, do you consider him an outrage? Well, I think what's happening to him is an outrage. Oh, yeah. I see. Yes. And normally it would be something to get worked up about, but I've got such, uh, I'm, I'm overloaded. My circuits are overloaded. There's oh, too okay. much going on. Okay. I'm not saying that I think it should be ignored or, or not paid attention to or any of that. I don't know. It, I watched him on that interview and it's, I get it. I don't know. I didn't feel a sense of immediacy. It's me. It's not him. It's not the issue. It's just, I'm aware that I'm losing my ability to be plugged into things. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I feel aggrieved on his behalf, although I understand why he is seen as a traitor by some people, although I don't consider those people necessarily credible. Right. John Kerry called him a traitor. Mm -hmm. John Kerry, who was called a traitor when he testified oh, against... Boy, oh, boy. I know, really. That's classic. That, that was outrageous, mm -hmm. I thought. And he's someone who, Snowden, followed his gut. And we both saw Citizen Four, which documented his flight into Hong Kong. Right, and, to divulge this stuff. Yes, and his communication with both Laura Poitras, who was right. the documentarian who made the mm -hmm. film Citizen Four, and Glenn Greenblatt, who is a journalist and was the one who got the papers and had them published. Mm -hmm. It was harrowing. Don't you think, though, his revelation was that the government, with abetted and aided by telecommunications corporations that we all our customers of snooped on us all without anyone's permission and and holds now these great records of every phone call we've made every conversation we've had all of yes. this stuff and that was the outrage and that was 2013 right yes. do you think people are still capable of being outraged about their privacy being totally gone or have we all just gotten to the point of it's like well that's the way it is i hope there's still some sliver of desire on the public's part to have privacy although you know i look at london and I don't know if it's throughout England, but at least in London, there are public cameras right. everywhere. Right. And if there hadn't been public cameras in Boston, we would never know who the Boston bombers oh, were right. because they were caught on video cam. Yeah. So I don't know if we... That's why I stopped slashing tires. <laughs> It's good Forget to know something it. that stopped you. Forget about it. There's cameras everywhere. <laughs> um, well, we don't have cameras. And there's some... Or do or we? Or do we? Or do we? But let's just say for sake of argument, we don't have them the way England does. But we may have them. I mm -hmm. mean, it certainly seems to be going in that direction. Right. I, I think that there would be outrage about that if it happened now. But maybe in 10 years, there won't be. Maybe in 10 years, we'll be saying we need to catch these tourists. I guess so. I do think that for better or worse, and it's worse... In general, as a culture, as a society of people, we're shrugging. It's like, yeah, there's photos of us everywhere. There's tape of us everywhere. There's recordings of us everywhere. 
Oh, well, and we just go on. I think we're getting unshockable about that. Well, you gave in to Alexa, which we oh, know Alexa's is listening that... to me. She's listening to us right now. Yes, absolutely. God forbid. I just said her name. Now she's turning blue and waiting for me to <laughs> tell her to wake <laughs> me up tomorrow at 8 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, what was that process like for you? Of, of Alexa? Yeah. I love her. I don't even think about the fact that she's listening to me. I'll say her name. I won't say it now. I'll ask her to remind me to call so-and-so before I do such-and-such and and at what time and she does it and she has the most reassuring voice. See, that's how they get you. That's right. They get you with the soft, nurturing, motherly voice. In in other words. That's big brother. Niles, big mother. We have big mother instead of big brother. I must patent that. I guess I would ask you the question then. I mean, you seem to be talking about yourself. That you shrug now because privacy is something well, that we we just can't I, can't have that as a luxury. We well, can't expect so, it. Right. It's one of those big changes that's hard that we're kind of powerless over. But I will say I do a lot less sharing of stuff. I, I switched my browser from Chrome to Firefox. Oh, really? Because I learned that Firefox has a lot of security built into it. Okay. And anything you do on Chrome is goes, goes straight right to, to Google. Google and is all over. The, they've got everything okay. on you. Yeah. Where Firefox is a nonprofit browser and. And so, really? yeah, the company Mozilla that makes it, it's not a for-profit not company. Huh. And it has a lot more controls over privacy. And when I learned that I could do that, I instinctively did it. And I was on Chrome all over the place at work and at home and everything I am. on my phone. So I got off that. I go on Facebook very rarely now. And it's partly because of privacy. If I go on a Facebook, I don't post my political view because I just huh. figure it's gonna someone's going to come back and beat me up okay. with them. Uh, some government agency is going to have a, a history of my political views and the way the country's going, we're going to have to start to be concerned about the traces we leave behind because we're going to start, I think, possibly being penalized for having expressed yes. certain views. Oh. So there you go. Maybe I'm an average American and, and I seem to be, without consciously meaning to, just instinctively, I'm trying to reduce my footprint a little bit. So maybe that's an indication that other people are doing the same. I don't know. When it comes to the big companies, Google and Amazon and Facebook and Apple, who are being now confronted with their dastardly deeds. Yes. Can we actually, at this point, expect them to backpedal? I mean, Europe has really dinged Google. It may not be technologically possible yeah. at this point. Yeah, even, I don't know. Even if they had a, an interest in doing yeah. it. I don't know. The toothpaste is out of the tube. But like I was saying, we, I think we were talking about this earlier. I think that we're doomed to lose more and more of our privacy because we have a generation or two now that have grown up in this context of yes. not only my privacy doesn't matter, but I feel I must publicize yes. all the events of my life and my day right. and what I'm eating and where I'm traveling and all of that. And I think it's because everyone... And my politics. And my politics. It's because we... <laughs> I relate. We all want to feel important. And we grew up, you and I, as boomers, us, our boomerangs generation, important people were on television. Famous people were on television. Right. People with power and impact were on television. And so then came YouTube and all these technologies that gave us video technology phones with cameras and yes. video suddenly we were filmmakers yeah. and we could make I don't have to wait for some famous filmmaker to make a documentary about me I can make yeah. one and I can put it out online and yeah. it's there and you can truly be famous and it for is being exciting famous. it is and, and why yet. is it exciting I don't know I think it gives us a feeling that we matter well I'm gonna sort of roll Justin Trudeau into this Ugh. transition do you have a bus to catch way. or something you're moving us very quickly or am I just talking so much that I think that it's we're, going we're fast. 25 minutes Okay, 
mistaken. Yeah. Have... <laughs> do I have a bus to catch? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. I'm surprised you didn't know that. <laughs> you're reducing your carbon footprint yet again. I wanted to just point out that we now have permanent records. That's right. Of our lives. It does tie it. Of Justin our deeds Trudeau. and misdeeds. Mm-hmm. And so when, now, Justin Trudeau was, was merely a photograph and a video. But, but two separate incidents. Two separate incidents. the same kind yes. of behavior. And one was in 2001. Mm-hmm. And one, I think the other was in 1994 or 95. I could be wrong about mm-hmm. that. In any case, he was a young man. Right. In at least one of those incidents. Right. In the video incident. And it's a little bit scary because he is a living example of your past will follow you. Right. It is indestructible. It's undeniable. There's right. no way to get your past to be in the past. Mm-hmm. The memory lingers and the electronically It's true. And lingers. even in the present, there's no private moments anymore. If I could just interject it quickly, did you hear about Kamala Harris? That she got caught, she didn't know a video camera was operating oh, no. or a sound camera. It's not horrible. Okay. In fact, it makes me like her more, but you can see how she would probably not be thrilled about it. She was recorded. I don't know if it was audio or video in both. She recorded saying to that really cool senator from Hawaii, is her name Hirono? Yes. Hirono. Hiromo. Anyway, she, they were talking about the campaigning Hiromo. and all of that. And Kamala Harris said, I'm fucking moving to Iowa. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's cool. You go. But it wasn't meant to be heard. So there's no private moments anymore. Good for her. I, I gotta find the tape of that. I, I like her even I, more. No, I will vote for her. Yeah. I was veering towards Warren, but now Just she's Just because one she of me. swore. She's, well, maybe we'll find kind of gal. Anyway, so yes, our pasts are there for everyone to see. I just have to... This is, this is one area where I will confess, we may hear some noise about this on Ruth E. Benton at boomerangspodcast.com. And Ruth has um, an E on the end of it. And Ruth has the E on the end of it. You can send any comments or questions that you have there. And I totally lost my train of thought. Well, we were talking about the things we do in our Come past are now there to oh, haunt uh, us that yes. we, and we have I'm, permanent record. And I may get some some blowback on this, but right. yes, it's tasteless. It's it's tasteless. It's racist. It's terrible. But it, can an apology, a heartfelt apology, deliver him from the horrors of being well, excoriated? He, he, made, he made what I thought was a very good apology because he explained what was wrong with his behavior yes. and he admitted that it was wrong and he didn't try to minimize the impact by saying things like hate when people say this I'm sorry if what I did offended anyone yes. like oh it wasn't offensive but you might have in your own pathological weird paranoid way decided that it was offensive even though it was not offensive No, but someone... I'm sorry that you found it to be so he didn't yes. do that no, that's, he what didn't. A, that's what happens here a lot you know what was the thing we were talking about recently the guy oh, that the got, guy who got Saturday Night Live yeah. He, yeah. that was his apology was like that I don't even know the nuts and bolts of that situation so I can't really cast a judgment it was pretty straightforward yeah I guess he had a podcast and we went over this on mm-hmm. the on the last episode but he used a slur for Asian Americans right. and he caricatured the way stereotype yeah. Asian person would speak right and also I guess tagged Andrew Yang yeah. in some way so it was current it yeah. wasn't it wasn't in his yeah. past which was I think what made it all yeah. more inflammatory 
territory. I think, I don't know. I think Trudeau, it was disappointing because he's, he, for people like us, he's kind of one of the um, enlightened ones. And here we are suffering with this boor in the White House who you would expect to have done something like that. And Trudeau is like this guy with real class. And in a way, I think... And a pedigree. I think he did let down those of us who admire him. Well, yes. And I think that there is a sense with him that he is a wolf in sheep's clothing because there was one incident where he had an indigenous woman who was his, I want to say his, she wasn't his secretary of state. I'm I'm at fault for not knowing what her exact position was, but she had a high position. She may have been something like an attorney general. And so she belonged to like an indigenous tribe in Canada? Yes. Okay. And that was seen as very, very positive. He right. hired her. Right. Then then there was a company that was doing business in Libya and she flagged this. Trudeau said, I want you to push it through. And she flagged it and said, I'm, I'm not going to push it through because it's wrong. Doing business with Libya is wrong. And Trudeau really strong armed her to the point where she quit and also talked about it. Okay. And that was the first scandal of his oh, okay. prime ministership, okay. or at least the first one that I was aware of. Right. And that was looked at as very, very damning because she was a woman, she was indigenous. It was Libya. Now, what he said was, I didn't want to kill this deal because it meant a lot of jobs to Canadians, which is where we heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Substitute Americans for Canadians. But that's, I think, one of the reasons why there were just such, you know, such a um, fainting at the buried or maybe not even buried. Maybe he didn't remember it. Maybe he could have buried it and didn't. Who knows? Right. Well, it's tricky. I think it's a PR issue, I think, because he has been promoted and I Sure, he promotes himself as well as progressive, um, fair-minded, open-minded, feminist, modern, yeah, feminist, liberated. aware yes. of the plight of you know marginalized groups. So when something like this comes up, it's hard because it's such a clash with the image that that he is consciously projecting. Not that it's an untrue image, but it's just there's such a clash for someone like him to come up with this. That's yeah. like we've talked before about with Trump. You can learn something that he did that's gross and crass and classless and disgusting and it fits with his image so right. you, you just kind of shrug he could be in blackface in in a video doing right. it a jig right and he would survive it right it would not have an effect on right. his base right. so that's the unfairness of it is that trudeau is considered someone by some by the people who don't like him mm -hmm. he is considered someone who has the polish and the the pedigree of the knowledgeable what you were just right. saying what right. his what his credentials were yeah. and yet things like this come out and there's a real hue and cry about what this really, quote unquote, really means. Right. It's him. hard when someone you believe in gets tarnished in this way. It's reminding me of the, we talked about the story last week about Kavanaugh and Deborah Ramirez. Right. And how, what a revelation that was. And then right after it came out, came out the fact that the writers who did it had made a pretty serious error yes. in how they portrayed one, they of, the, the, so, one of the victims. They didn't acknowledge that the victim didn't remember. Right. And it's, I don't know how much it hurts them. It hurts those of us, people like me, who support what they do are like, oh, it's a heartache because it weakens it does. the strength of the argument. And that's what this did with him. Well, it weakens their credibility. Yeah. But do you have any sense from what you've read of what kind of consequences he's facing in Canada, whether oh, it's, it's wrecked his, his credibility seriously? He's campaigning now for re-election. There's, there's a campaign going on right now? Yes. And that is the crux of it is, does this... Is he a 
phony. Yeah. Yeah. Does this destroy his credibility right. as right. a candidate? And I just living with, with what we've lived through. I mean, if it was someone, if it was someone who was a candidate, if we found out that Pete Buttigieg had done this or mm-hmm. Beto O'Rourke had done it, right? I think that would certainly that be would... something that would disqualify them. Right. And whether that would be right or wrong, but I think yeah. that it would. Yeah. And and yet with Trudeau, he's already had a time in office, and yes, he's had one major scandal. But as one person who is Canadian pointed out, do we even know the name of the person who's running against Trudeau? Oh, I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So his point was there is no other candidate for prime minister. It's Justin Trudeau or nobody. Yeah. And he does have a huge profile. I mean, it's hard to get away from him. And a very handsome one, he I would say. Very, very handsome. Quite as Melania profile. would certainly <laughs> oh, agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well I don't know. I, I like Trudeau, and uh, I like see. him too. And I, I guess because he's not my prime minister, I tend to be a little bit more lenient about his crimes. Mm-hmm. And well, there you go. I mean, I did think, as I said, his apology was responsible. Yes, you it never was. hear apologies like that from public figures. No. Yeah, our leaders are to a certain degree flawed products yes. that are being shaped and molded and marketed to us in a way that's supposed to appeal to us. Well, let's not forget, Obama had a whole drone program. Yeah. And he deported more Hispanic people who were undocumented Mm -hmm. than anybody else before or since. Right. So we have leaders who are greatly admired that also are flawed. That's true. And we we ourselves indulge in blind loyalty sometimes when it's somebody that we believe in. Yes, that's true. I I certainly had that Mm -hmm. with Obama. Oh, that's interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, I think that I've got to catch my bus now. Oh, yes. Here comes the bus. <laughs> Here comes the bus. Anyway, thank you so much, Boomers, for coming on this ride with us. That was fun to talk about those people. Yes, all those people. And we will see you again next week. Adios, Boomers. See ya. Bye-bye.